the South African Jewish Board of Deputies is the organization that engages with the South African government on behalf of the Jewish community. Join Sharice Zephard for the next hour to find out what the SAJBD has been up to. 101.9 High FM. I look back to my university days with a great sense of fond nostalgia. Not only was I lucky enough to study subjects that I was genuinely enthralled by, had access to some of the smartest people in the country, but also forged lasting friendships. Is the university experience of my memory something of the past? Professor Tawana Kupe is the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Pretoria. He recently shared his insights on the changing role of higher education in South Africa in an article that appeared in The Conversation. And he joins me now to tell me more. Professor Kupe, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sharice, and also thank you to your listeners. Professor Kupe, what has changed irrevocably with higher education? What has changed irrevocably is that we are no longer going back to the old modes of teaching for those who are using those solely. That is, in-person contact teaching, a lecturer in front of a room, a room full of um, uh, students in a lecture room. What we're going to do now is that people are going to have to be creative and innovative, blending online with contact teaching. We at the University of Pretoria were already on that journey uh, since the last two decades. So what we do at the University of Pretoria is that when you prepare for class, you have to go online. Precisely because at least 96% of our undergraduate modules have a substantive online presence. So in class, the lecturer might also use live uh, online resources. And then after class, you are expected also to go online to consolidate what you learned. But also you can do quizzes, assignments, and tests on or online as well. So we, we, we call the approach hybrid or blended teaching and learning. So relatively, it was easier for us once the pandemic hit out contact teaching. We could, re- we could go relatively easily online because both staff and students had that experience and we had the IT infrastructure to do that. Post-COVID or or beyond COVID, what's going to happen is that uh, people have tested something that is different. And one of the the, the benefits we see at Investor Pretoria, and I'm quite sure others too, is that more people took exams, more people were taking classes, partly because first they were on lockdown. But I think uh, the technology and these ways of using the technology is beginning to mature. So it's not a journey you can reverse. You can't reverse technology, but I wonder, I mean, education is one of those areas that since COVID has highlighted inequalities within our society. And to what extent does technology help those formerly disadvantaged and to what extent does it disadvantage them more? No, you're quite right about that. Access to the technology Having the technology as an institution, then access to the technology for students and having devices to access is fundamentally important on this chain. So what has happened actually is COVID-19 has exacerbated the digital divide in our society. So institutions like the Investor of Pretoria, which for a long time was investing in such technologies and using them, was is on the on the if you like on the right side of the digital divide able to take the opportunity and advance it. Institutions that do not do, do, are not in that space are being left behind, including their students. And that is very serious because it undermines the kind of equitable and equal society we, wa- we actually want to create. At the Investor Pretoria, it wasn't smooth sailing either. 
and also has said its own uh, 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 disadvantages. Elements of the digital divide are also present at the investor pre-order. So, but how we tried to bridge the digital divide was the following ways. We bought laptops for students on loan. So about 3,500, let me say, out of our 55,000 students needed these. We did an needs assessment. We used our budget. We created a solidarity fund. Various foundations and companies also gave us money. Motepe Foundation, Aspen, Pharmacare, uh, Hawaii, uh, 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 and Samsung and companies like those. We also decided that for those students who live in those areas, where even if you you had a laptop or you got a laptop or you have a smartphone, there is no internet connectivity because the whole country is also not wired up uh, for everybody to access. Part of the digital divide. Poorer you are, the more remote you are, the, the you are out of the if you like you are out of these networks. So we are doing. We send them hard copy material, but we are also doing telephone tutoring for them. For some of them. I asked them to stay behind when we did the lockdown and live in physically distanced uh, residences. And when we were allowed to bring more students back, I also included them in the 33% we are allowed back so they can access university resources. So, 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 so the inequalities, economic, social, and technological in our societies are also being uh, exacerbated by this situation. But the solution is trying to do what UP did at a national level. There has to be investment in the digital technology and the digital backbone. There has to be investment in those institutions and supporting the students like we did at UP. Professor, you talk about hybrid learning. Is there ever going to be a situation where you can do your university completely online? Or is there still that very important need for face-to-face contact? And I imagine some subjects, including science, veterinary science, you need to be in uh, at other university for labs for practical. Interesting question in many, many parts. So let me tackle them uh, Yes, contact, the contact element of teaching and learning is very important because, you know, teaching and learning is not just transfer of information. It's also the engagement that you have with other living beings to develop other skills that a graduate should have. Emotional intelligence, sensitivity to others, ability to collaborate, engage, persuade and debate that you can't do just fully online. We are ultimately a human society. Technology enables us to be humans and to live our lives better. So, 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 so that element is going to be necessary. So what's going to happen is it is true that there are certain degrees or programs people will be able to take them on, uh, to take them wholly online without the contact element. But in the, our philosophy at the University of Pretoria is that those will be postgraduate professional courses. So in your undergraduate, you should experience hybrid teaching and learning. In your postgraduate, depending on what the course is, if it's a professional upgrading course and you have an undergraduate already had that uh, contact blended experience, you can now take it online. As a matter of fact, we are running such postgraduate diplomas for healthcare professionals and for people in public administration. But they had the advantage of the hybrid teaching and learning at the time they were undergraduate students here. So actually what is going to be interesting in this space is that we're going to have a range of modes of teaching and learning, blended, purely online, and also other emerging uh, perspectives. I was speaking to the investor of Arizona the other day, which is something I was thinking, that even the blended part of it, you do not have perhaps 
to take the entire degree on, 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 on blended or hybrid. You could take certain modules and at certain times you could be in blended or hybrid mode. And in certain courses and in certain times you could be just fully online. But you would have an experience of both because that is where the world is actually going. Now when it comes to the, to some programs, of course, which need lab experiences, here is the good news. We now, it's developed in the technology space, it's developing simulations and virtual labs that you can actually practice. But still, in vet science, and we're the only university with a vet science faculty in South Africa, and in medicine and others, there might be that need to touch things and to be in a physical laboratory and to work with others to develop those skills of collaboration, networking, working together, and so on. So again, the whole experience might be blended there might be segments that are wholly online, the theoretical part. There might be segments that are virtual labs and simulations. Then there might be a segment where you actually physically have to go to a place. So we at Investor Pretoria are engaged in strategy exercises right now to reimagine the nature of university education in the spectrum of yeah, purely contact, hybrid and blended, as well as modes or uh, mixtures of these, what some people call flexi, flexi learning. Professor, it's almost like you're starting university education from scratch. It it seems like, you know, it's like all the years before count for nothing. And we're starting from scratch, which is exciting because and as Mm -hmm. much as we all stay in isolation, the whole world is open. So you could do an online at the University of Pretoria from anywhere in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to do at the University of Pretoria, well, I wouldn't say we're starting from scratch. We are reimagining it because we are building <laughs> on past traditions of teaching and learning. So what we have, we're doing uh, 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 in an interesting way at the University of Pretoria is we are forging collaborations and partnerships with the universities around the world. That is why I was talking to the University of Arizona. So we are going to be able to offer, for example, I discussed with them, joint courses where a lecturer Two, two, two professors, one from University of Arizona, one from University of Pretoria, are teaching an online course to students who are in Arizona and students who are at, in, in South Africa or anywhere in the world for that matter. We could have a student who is in Egypt, is a UP student. But if this course is purely online, but is taught by both Pretoria and Arizona and perhaps NYU, who we have a partnership with, or Harvard, we have a partnership with them at the business school and executive education. So the permutations and the possibilities are huge. You can now have a global education while sitting at your own home. It sounds also like the opportunity to deal with the, uh, the problems that universities have been facing, including, for example, accommodation and curricula, can now be sorted out. Everything's fresh. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you came to that because that's one of the things I've been thinking. And then I was very, I got some confidence when I spoke to the University of Arizona. I, 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 I did a presentation to my team and also did a presentation to all vice chancellors at the universities called Reimagining Higher Education and This Financial Sustainability. And I said, we have to rethink the residential experience. So it might be that you come to raise when you want to have that contact X, where the, your course requires going physically into a lab. So that might be half a semester or the whole semester, or it could be a whole year. You no longer have to stay in race for the whole three or four years of your degree if your home conditions are conducive. 
but to address the inequalities in South Africa or Africa. Perhaps only those students who really will be disadvantaged being home are the ones that might be given preference to stay in residence. But just generally now, you don't have to actually, uh, uh, because the advantages of, uh, of, of being in res or, or the need to be in res is not as, is not now where you have to stay the whole year. Some students might want to come to stay in race for longer periods because, for example, they are, sports, they are sportsmen. We at Investor Pretoria are a strong sporting university. The sporting students might want to come to race because facilities to train at the high performance center and compete with others. But also that might not be the whole three, four, five year day period that you would normally stay. So, so even managing our races might be like managing a hotel. Hotel residents come and stay for different lengths of time. So we might have to change the financial modeling around that. And as you implied, we might not need to be wanting to build residences to accommodate each and every student. It's absolutely fascinating. You know, we, we kind of have such mixed feelings about COVID because of the impact it has had on our society. But there are opportunities as well that we have to remember with it. And it certainly sounds like the University of Pretoria is at the cutting edge of that. Yes, absolutely. Every I said at the beginning of COVID, I had to brief a lot of uh, stakeholders in, in the university. I had to talk to deans, talk to my executive, talk to the student. I said every cloud has a silver lining, and I've not changed my line, however bad, <laughs> however bad COVID is. Because COVID, essentially, if you like, it has shown a big, it's a problem in its own right because it's a health challenge and a health crisis. But it has also shown a spotlight on the problems that we used to have or things we could do, like the technological transformations we needed to make. But we're doing them in a lackadaisical or slow fashion. COVID, if you like, gave us a, <laughs> to put it this way, kick on the backside and say, move on and, 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 or move on or perish. And so, I think at Investor Pretoria, we are like, we're moving on and we're not going to perish. We're embracing the new world world and we're sensitive to what we need to do. Well, Professor, on that beautiful note, um, good luck for the future of the university, recreating it, um, I believe, from scratch. You believe perhaps not. (laughs) But um, good luck with the opportunities going forward and thank you so much for sharing your insight. No, no, thank you very much for having me. And also, I think the future is creative. The future is innovative. We can actually build a better world and a better society by embracing all of these disruptions and creating uh, out of them a better life for all. That was Professor Tawana Kupe, the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Pretoria.